This week we are featuring the dance diva Amber, who had many hits in the late 90s and early 2000s, like This Is Your Night, which was featured in Night at the Roxbury, a cover of Gordon Lightfoot's If You Could Read My Mind in a super group form, along with Ultra Nate and Jocelyn Enriquez, that was part of the Stars on 54 movie. Sexual Lida D, which is a crossover hit in 2000, and One More Night, which received a boost from an epic club mix from prolific producer and DJ Hani. So, Amber has been a favorite artist of mine for over 20 years now. I came across her music when I saw her repeatedly topping the dance charts when I started watching the Billboard charts in 2002. I was really leaning into the fact that I enjoyed dance music and I wanted to find more artists to discover great music that I could add to my library. And so when I saw Amber topping the dance charts, I was like, okay, we'll give her a shot. And finding her albums was not as easy as I thought. I would see maybe a single copy of each of her albums in record stores, so it took me some time to actually acquire her albums to listen to, because this was the days before streaming and digital downloads, so I had to actually find the CDs. Um, And I ended up actually having to get her debut album from the Half Price Bookstore, which meant I didn't have to pay a lot for it, but it also means that I got it secondhand. But in the end, I did end up getting her three studio albums that were out at the time, plus the hits remixed, and I enjoyed all of them. And then this all lined up very well for the fact that she had been released from her contract with Tommy Boy Records and was imminently releasing her fourth and to date last, unfortunately, studio album called My Kind of World in 2004. So I'm not going to get into the music now because we'll talk about that as we go through the songs. But the last piece of my little journey with Amber was that around the time of My Kind of World's release, she had a forum on her official website where she would interact directly with fans, and I was a part of it. It was really lovely to get to just chat with her, both about the developments in her career and to just have a community of people to check in with online and socialize with in that way at the time because this was before social media really existed in any form it was like the very early days of myspace perhaps but that was about it and the fact that amber herself was on there was really lovely Um, it was really fun getting to talk with her to read her messages and go back and forth so um, amber if you ever happen to listen to this episode thank you for providing that for your fans at the time And lastly, if you want to know what's up with Amber these days, go check out her YouTube channel, Dance Diva Amber. She has some very candid videos about her experience, horrible experience, I should say, with Tommy Boy Records and the Bourbon Brothers that shaped some of the directions that her career ended up taking. So it's very illuminating. But now she's in contact with a company who is much better, more ethical business practices and are much better about actually paying her for the use and licensing of her catalog. So she's been reissuing her catalog, putting it out there for new generations of fans to find, and opening the vaults to lots and lots of dance 
mixes, extended club mixes, etc. of her work. So go check it out over there. And lastly, lastly, <laughs> please don't forget to go to divadeepcuts.com where you can subscribe to the email list for forgotten single clips and production updates as well as seeing my blog posts and playlist embeds to go with each episode and the links to my social media profiles. So with all of those many things said, let's get started. Number 10. This is the right time from This Is Your Night in 1996. So this is the closing track to Amber's debut album, and it's one where she sounds, in my opinion, the most engaged. Now we know from Amber's tell-all videos on YouTube that the writing and production of this album was not the most positive experience. The Berman brothers were not very skilled producers, and she was locked into agreements with them that were not to her benefit as an artist and businesswoman. And I think having that lens to look upon this album, it kind of explains why I think she sounds detached or otherwise not at her best vocal capabilities on this record. But I think this is the right time as an exception to that. It was co-written and co-produced by Junior Vasquez, who probably helped bring out the best in Amber in the not great situation of the studio sessions for this record, because her voice is just in top form. She has her trademark belting, excellent ad-libs, she sounds happy and engaged in the lyrics. And it's just a really fun, positive, exciting little song. It's actually, I think, it's still a dance song, but it feels less club-heavy Eurodance than the rest of the album does. It feels more like it has the structure of a traditional pop song. And it's just so warm and bright in the sentiment. Like, it's pretty much just about saying, hey, like, there's no better time than the present to get together. Basically trying to invite someone to be with you. Not just sexually, but romantically. And yeah, it's, I, I just think it's a really great cap on an otherwise vocally uneven debut album. And I think it's a sunny spot in what came out of the fraught studio sessions for this record so i i wanted to include something from this album and this one was like the sun coming out of the clouds when i sat and listened to the record so i wanted to include it at least something from her debut that's kind of a hint at coming attractions that nine through one are not from her debut album (laughs) but we'll get to that in a moment with number nine Number nine is Without You from 1999's Amber. So this one is a beautiful blend 
of 90s dance pop and 70s disco. Most of the song, it's just in the 90s side of the house where it has these nautical sounding synths in a minor key that give the song a sense of melancholy and urgency. Amber has fraught lyrics about missing somebody, being without them and having to go forward and not wanting to. And she really brings the emotion and carries the theme of the song across very well. You can hear and feel the loss in her voice as she belts out the chorus, as she sings the more subdued, sad, gentle verses. And then we get to the bridge and the later choruses and the orchestral parts kick in and all of a sudden we're transported to the dance floor under the disco ball. This is one of my favorites on this record because I feel like when it begins, it sounds like it could be a 90s dance pop song by anybody. Amber takes the song and really puts her own spin on it with her vocal delivery. She's also a co-writer on this song, so that's the other thing. Amber is not just a vocalist. She's also a songwriter. So I think she transforms what could be a fairly run-of-the-mill type of post-breakup dance pop song and really makes it unique and special with her vocal performance. It always stands out to me that it starts in a place where I'm like, oh, right, this has those generic 90s keyboards. And then like by the first chorus, I'm like, no, I do love this song. And I remember why, because it's more than just something anybody else could have done. Number eight, Sex Without Sex from 2002's Naked. Naked is Amber's third album, and it was the first one where she had complete creative control. She had a lot more creative control on Amber, but this was the first one where there was no involvement from the Berman brothers at all. Um, So anyway, this song, it's very lush. I feel that there's humidity in this song because it's about intimacy. But as the title suggests, and as the chorus blatantly points out, this song is about non-sexual emotional intimacy and non-sexual touches. And it's, I think, very sweet and also very necessary. So many songs, especially in the realm of pop, are about infatuation lust or heartbreak and this one and this is one of several on the naked album because amber takes an expansive view of the title of naked and is talking about being vulnerable and emotionally open rather than the entire album being about sex and this song is emblematic of that there's not very many songs that are nuanced about a more grown, mature, vulnerable connection between people and how there's more forms of intimacy than just the physical. 
So it's really nice to hear that captured in a song so succinctly. The way that music often can capture something better than just speaking about something or writing about something. Music has an extra emotional element that can be carried by the melody, the harmonies, the production, the arrangement. Vocally, Amber gives a more restrained performance. The verses, again, are very soft and understated, like in Without You, but the chorus has this lovely array of background harmonies singing the hook, and then Amber has these beautiful, airy head voice ad-libs on top of it that just get more layered and harmonize with the lead vocals on the chorus as the song progresses and it's just a very beautiful energetic stunning portrait of emotional intimacy and i love it and i hope you will as well number seven how can i tell you from 1999's amber So one of the things that I enjoy about this particular Amber song is that it's not a dance song or dance pop. It's just a straight up pop song. It has some synthesizers, drum machine, but is mainly driven by an acoustic guitar. Again, it really showcases Amber's vocals. And it's, I think, a topic in songwriting that's not visited that often it's more often than other some of the other things that i'm like oh wow this is a song that we we don't usually hear about this topic but this one's about knowing when a relationship is over but not yet having the courage to break up with the other person or have a conversation about it yet so the subject matter is interesting to me for that reason Um, i also love the bridge even though some of the production effects are a little bit of the time, it still has this snappy energy to it. And then it sounds like, okay, you think typical structure, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, where there's a production switch, and then we get a key change. And for those who have listened to many episodes of this podcast, you know that a key chain, key chain, (laughs) key change is on the list of one of the things that I really love, especially when it's kind of unexpected. Like, I'm trying to think, what are the things? Key change done well, fat bass line, beautiful background vocal arrangements. I think those are probably, well, and of course, impactful lyrics. Those are like the four things that really, if any one of those elements is present, it elevates the song for me. And it's present here. So that's one of the many reasons why uh, How Can I Tell You was selected for the top 10. Number six, Private War from 2004's My Kind of World. So I think I mentioned this briefly, but uh, that record, My Kind of World, was independently released by Amber's uh, self-created record label, JMCA Enterprises, after she got out of her Tommy Boy contract. And 
it is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's more of a rock album with dance elements instead of the other way around. And this song in particular is emblematic of that. There's This is the straight up rock song. It sounds like it could fit in on Evanescence's debut album. Um, the verses have this moving, suspenseful piano. Then later in the later verses and towards the end, we also get an acoustic Spanish guitar over the production. Amber has a solo vocal. There's no background vocalists, no doubling of the vocal, just a straight lead vocal. It's beautiful and heartbreaking. And then the chorus kicks in and there's drums and electric guitars and all sorts of rock production effects. Um, and I think it, all of these elements support the story of the song very well, where it's about a couple's relationship breaking down. There's a line in the first verse about telling everyone that they're fine. When, and then behind closed doors, things are very hard and very dissonant. And so the song is about trying to get to the point of saying, okay, can we please talk about this? Stop having everything being so antagonistic and figure out what we need to do either to break up or what we can do to stop feeling like we're at war with each other. So it's a heavy, hard song, but I think it's also beautifully produced and beautifully sung. And I had to stop myself from including too many songs from my kind of world in the top 10. When I made my initial list, I put literally half of the album on the first pass. And I was like, okay, some of these either have to go or have to be relegated to honorable mentions. We can't, I can't just do half the episode of just this album much as I want to, much as I could, because I'm in charge, but <sighs> that doesn't showcase Amber's whole catalog if I just talk about my kind of world. So she put it on streaming very recently. So check the whole thing out if you're interested. If this dance rock fusion entices you, I highly, highly recommend the album. So I have rambled on long enough about this album. So I will cut it there and we'll move on. <laughs> Number five, Let's Do It For Love from 1999's Amber. So this one is the polar opposite of the last couple of songs and is more in vain of number 10, This Is The Right Time. It's another song about trying to entice someone either into a hookup or into starting a relationship. It has a very fun tropical vibe and some background parts in Spanish that I don't know what they're saying. And Amber even speaks in Spanish towards the end of the song that I also don't know what she's saying. And her career is underdocumented on the internet, so I can't even find the text version of the Spanish lyrics to translate. But this one is very fun. I imagine like a nighttime tropical rainforest music video with some kind of like dance party after dark. And it just has such fun driving forward energy that I can barely sit still every time I hear it. I just 
can't help but smile, even if the lyrics are a little odd about like trying to entice someone away from someone else in the first verse, which I'm like, hmm, 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 maybe get some more context before doing that. But otherwise, like the vibe of the song is very fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, again, I struggle with what to say about happy songs. Like there's not a major key change, but there's like strong drums. There's some switches in the production as it shifts between Amber's parts and the parts that are just the background vocal chants. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really fun. And it really showcases the variety in her catalog. Like for only making four albums and a handful of additional songs, like she covers all short shorts, <laughs> all sorts of genres and topics. Number four, he from 2002's Naked. This is possibly my favorite song on this record. It's a toss up between that and the song I picked for the forgotten single, which you need to subscribe to the email list to get access to. Just a shameless little plug. Um, But I love the rising vocal line with an effect over it. This is a vocally driven dance song rather than many dance songs that are driven by the synthesizers and the production and the vocals are just an added element. Those rising low background vocals on the O's that are very breathy, very windy, drive everything and the production sits underneath of that, cradles it, but doesn't overshadow it. And then there's Amber's clear lead vocal on the verses and chorus singing about this partner that she has who's just so supportive and I don't know I think supportive is just the fine word just so so meets her emotional needs so well and then there's some really fun like vocal effects later that sort of have a little break in the production to do something different before we get a nice outro I love that it doesn't fade out at the end too I'm not a fan of fade outs very rarely do I like them Um, but yeah this I don't know, this song, it's like, I don't know, like a warm breeze or a warm blanket. It just kind of wraps around you and you can feel the admiration that Amber has for this partner that she's singing about. And I feel like it can't help but to brighten the mood, no matter where you're coming from, to just put on this song and just feel a little better to be like, this exists. Even if it's not a romantic partner, hopefully you have someone in your life that can support you emotionally and brighten your day in this way. I wish that for us all. But yeah, I just, uh, the shimmering, rising, vocally driven production is just, uh, just ace. I always get excited when it comes on. Number three. Taste the Tears from the Hits Remixed in 2000. I don't know if this was a leftover from the Amber Sessions or if it was just a new song commissioned for the compilation and then wasn't actually ever promoted as a single of any kind, but I love this one. It's very 
dramatic and angry and vengeful. And it's just a lot of fun to listen to. There's power behind the production and the vocals. So it starts with some dramatic strings in a minor key. Then the bass line kicks in and it sounds kind of like a Tesla coil or some other kind of device shooting lightning bolts. Then Amber's vocals come in and it starts subdued, but snappy. And then it explodes into the chorus where there's sounds of glasses shattering and belting vocals. The strings come back in for some added drama. Then we have a bridge with some dramatic rising strings and an epic key change where Ember's melisma drags the production up with her into the higher key, and then it just thunders all the way to the end of the song. It's dramatic and campy in an excellent end. It's such a fun and powerful part of Amber's catalog. I love it so much. I remember when I got the Hits remix and I was like, what is this? And why wasn't this even promoted to the clubs or something to get a number one on the dance charts? Like it just wasn't promoted. So I guess there was label drama or whatever. It's also produced by Thunderpuss, which is rare. They were a duo of DJs who remixed a lot of pop songs in the late 90s and early 2000s, but they actually produced the regular version of this song, which is not something they did very often. They also did a cl an extended club mix of it too, but yeah, that's just a fun little tidbit, but that's Taste the Tears. And if you'd like to dance, check out the hits remixed. It is high beats per minute from beginning to end. Number two, Crucified Solitude from 2004's My Kind of World. This is the opening track of the My Kind of World record, and it sets the stage for everything else that the listener is about to hear. For those who are familiar with Amber, it is very different from anything on her first three albums, and I think opening with this song is very intentional because it shows the fusion of genres and the change in direction that we are about to get. And that's what I love about it. Again, similar to Private War, it's just a solo vocal from Amber through the entire track. No background vocals, no doubling of the leads, just straight, mostly belt but somewhat, again, more subdued on the verses to create some contrast and drama and mystery. The production is so layered and lush underneath of her clear vocal that that's the other half of what makes it so great. There's Asian-inspired sounds. There's interesting, hollow-sounding percussion. There's some strings. There's some electric guitar, some actual percussion instead of a drum machine, um, some electronic synths, like it's a fusion of like world music and rock and dance. And it just all keeps building and layering and creating this lush, like dark 
atmosphere, which is interesting because it's also in contrast to the theme of the song, which the song is about meeting somebody and feeling so captivated by them and comfortable with them that your existence as a person, a solitary single person, this sounds really redundant, a single person in solitude um, has been crucified, not just ended, not just paused, not just like erased, but crucified. So it's very intense and yeah it's just such an interesting track every time i start this album i just have to like sit and get taken away by this song on a journey and i love it so so much drum roll please Number one is Don't Follow Me Home, the closing track from 2004's My Kind of World. This song is a stunning, poignant, melancholy lo-fi number. It's sad. You can hear Amber's emotional wounds that she metaphorically talks about as being an angel with a broken wing in the chorus, but it's pensive, it's vulnerable, and it's just a stunning, stunning song. It puts a very melancholy cap on the record, but the record is a the album as a whole is a wide variety of feelings and sounds and it just both feels like a cap on amber's personal and professional tribulations to end her first independent album with something vulnerable and wounded i don't even know what to say the verses are gutting but in like a small way i'm not sure if that's making sense but it's just beautiful it's gentle, but it doesn't compromise the emotional rawness of the lyrics by being that way in the production. The song that I think that I know of that I think is most inspired by Don't Follow Me Home, even though I have no idea if the artist who made it is familiar with Amber at all, but the closer of Marina and the Diamonds' Electra Heart is fear and loathing and the outro is kind of similar where the production elements kind of fade out but there's just kind of this open space with some sound and fear and loathing it has this echoey sound of a recording of marina's grandmother singing in greek in this one there's kind of just like a pause with some very far away vocals from amber that just kind of drift off into the fog of the night and it's just beautiful, so beautiful. I can't, I just keep coming back to that word. So I hope when you listen to the playlist that goes along with this episode, you understand truly what I'm talking about. But it's just 
an excellently constructed and beautifully sung song. So we have reached the end of our journey through Amber's catalog that is diverse and fantastic despite only being four albums deep. So please let me know your thoughts. You can answer the question on Spotify of any of your favorite Amber Deep Cuts. And you can also check out the forgotten single if you go to divadeepcuts.com and subscribe to the email list you'll get sent a link to the amber's forgotten single it's an exclusive bonus audio clip also at the website there's the blog post that has the honorable mentions that didn't make the cut for this episode as well as more links to the spotify playlist that goes track by track as a companion to the episode with each of the 10 songs featured along with the honorable mentions at the end. Thank you so much for joining me for another week here on Diva Deep Cuts, and I look forward to seeing you next time.